Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, and those of you uh, who are joining us online somewhere else from somewhere else. I'm Pastor Kelly, and this is my good friend. I'm Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Ray Altman. Uh, I I joke with people that like Ray and I go really, really, really way back. Uh, not because we actually do, but it just feels like Ray's Ray's like one of my favorite people. He's a solid dude. Uh, and if you get to know Ray, you'll realize that like, oh, like we've been friends forever, even if it's only been like, you know, two years uh, or a year and a half now. Right. Yeah, that's about right. Man. Uh, we also have kids. So like yeah, everything kind of flies. There's some friendships, though, that, you know, everybody knows how it is. You you connect, you realize, oh, we have all these yeah. shared interests and some of these shared experiences. I, so. I knew I knew we were going to be buds before, like, we took the trip down to annual conference. But when we talked about basketball on the way down, I was like, we're going to be friends. I love this guy. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, so um, uh, obviously uh, younger than Dave. Uh, that's right, Dave. Uh, <laughs> you abandoned me this week. I'm just kidding. Dave is like down at the in far Texas in building far. houses and doing cool stuff. Yep. Uh, miss you, man. Um, but, uh, so Ray is, Ray was our speaker this Sunday, uh, shared his heart about, you know, the good neighboring experiment and, and what neighboring means and why it's important to Christians. And we're going to talk a little bit more today about that concept, but also like even for non-Christians, like the concept mm -hmm. of neighboring is, is a really cool thing. Um, but before we do that, Ray, do you want to kind of share a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do for those who may sure. not? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I am a United Methodist pastor, um, but I feel like as soon as I talk to people about that, I have to explain that what I do is pretty different. And um, so, yeah, I have served traditional churches. I did that for about 11 years. And I think all along in ministry, I have really felt deep call to try to lead the church um, into the world, which is interestingly, you know, we have in the church elders and deacons, and deacons are are this this calling, this um, uh, order that is mm -hmm. that is meant to bridge the the church in the world. And so, I guess maybe in some ways, I have that kind of deacon heart of like um, connecting the church in the world. But um, but yeah, particularly for me around discipleship. So, like, what does it mean to grow as a Christian, not just in the walls and programming of a church, but what does it mean to grow in my relationship with God and following Jesus Christ in the life that I'm living in in the world outside of right. the church? So I've always been really interested in that. And this also has to do with like just a deep sense that I've probably had since high school that the church is going through some major change. Mm -hmm. I mean, deep change that is generational. And the, and the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, this is this kind of change that the church is in the midst of is you know longer than my lifetime. Kind of, it's not tweaking; it's it's big stuff that's changing. So, how can I be a pastor and a um, a colleague, a, a fellow Christian who is trying to lean into that change and discern? And where that's led me is doing some of this work around neighboring, and so. Um, yeah, I've I've for the last five years or so just been a lot more intentional about what does it mean for me to be a Christian and a pastor in my neighborhood, and mm -hmm. what does it mean for me to help other Christians be followers of Jesus in their neighborhoods, um, and so that's been an adventure where I've had more of my life 
working outside of the church with people outside of the church than, uh, or, you know, than, than time in the church. But I still mm-hmm. kind of have, you know, one foot in the church, one foot outside of the church. Um, and so I do trainings. I have a community that, that I lead in worship once a week. Um, but I also have a community in my neighborhood that we worship once a month around at our house. Um, that's kind of like a dinner church thing. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, my, my, again, you can kind of see there that I'm doing work with churches, doing work in the neighborhood. Um, and so I'm very, I feel very blessed and fortunate to have the job that I do as a pastor, um, because it, it is where I feel called to be. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing. Uh, you know, I love how you describe the um, the importance of the different community spots and the connecting points of life. That's mm. kind of what I'm hearing, right? Like, and so, you know, I, something I, I think I'm hearing you say too is like, there's um, church and the building and the facility is important. Like, we need it, mm-hmm. uh, and there's good things that are happening there, but it's also that those things are meant to also then be lived out in your community and your daily life and the people that you're connecting with. And especially like something I'm hearing too is, you know, where are we spending our time? You know, like I, I think about like, so I have two young kids and I'm married. And so, you know, I spent a lot of my time at work, right. Which is at the church, but also, um, you know, I'm at home mm-hmm. and who, who am I, who am I connected to at home? And, and, I'm not, I'm going to tell Ray this, but I can do it on camera. So he can't like totally yell at me. I'm like, I don't know my neighbors, but I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. Uh, that's why we're going to do the, the class of the curriculum and, and, and work through that and stuff. Um, so without further ado, let's turn this on. Uh, cause Jesus is here too. Um, and, and I love the, uh, so just to also set kind of context here too, um, as also a pastor, right? As clergy, you know, something that was really interesting for me personally and developmentally during COVID was this really big aha and realization of thinking that like, we're all super connected and I was very connected Mm. to people. Mm. And then COVID happened and I realized I'm not really connected to anybody. (laughs) And so now we're kind of, we're, we're, we're not through COVID. We're not done with COVID. I mean, COVID's completely changed Mm. history in the landscape, right? Um, but as the church, quote unquote, the big C church, whether that's Methodism or just Christianity in America or in general, right? We're figuring out what that means to come back together, but also then like, God, what are you calling us to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and something I love that you said is, you know, I, I do believe our God is a God of new, and I don't necessarily mean the concepts of what God is calling us to do are new, right? Mm-hmm. Like neighboring and loving people is not that, that wheel is set, right? Um, but as we're discerning through, okay, God, how would we do that in our context, in our culture effectively? Um, y'all, if like you want to talk to somebody who's like figure, figuring stuff out and, and doing tangible things that are having like fruitful turnouts. Uh, I love talking to Ray. I love talking to you. Like I like I'm always like, oh man, we should just do that. I'm like, yeah, right, let's do that. Um, so just tons of insight, tons of experience, and and tons of really cool stuff happening there. So um, you were our speaker Sunday, so if you haven't seen the sermon from Sunday, go back and watch that. That'll kind of color in some context here. Um, but so you also, uh, you grew up in the Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Your dad was a was a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you give me hope for my kid. Uh, I'm like, like, man, okay, cool. Like, so they don't like, uh, which is great, but I love your story. Um, because, uh, you've, you've like listened to God, man, and gone and, and taken chances on convictions you've had. Um, and, and they're different seasons. Mm-hmm. Like you've done very different things in different seasons. And I think that's super cool. And so with that kind of proposed, here's a question I want to ask. So for somebody who is, um, when we're saying neighboring, mm-hmm. right. Uh, cause the word neighbor or neighboring, um, you know, we talked about the Good Samaritan on Sunday. For the context of our conversation and kind of what you're trying to articulate and come across, how would you define neighbor and neighboring uh, so that the people who are listening or watching, like, what would you want them to take away from that concept? Sure. Yeah, I mean, neighbor is a, <laughs> is a word that has multiple definitions, I mm-hmm. think is probably the most honest way of saying it. And so on one level, neighbor, as Christians, we, we hear Jesus command us to love our neighbor. And I do think it's important to see all of humanity as someone we should be loving as ourself. And especially in a global world, like now we have these touch points in the news and Mm. in missions and in relief efforts and in travel that we can actually like interact to some degree or be, be, and we are clearly connected. So I do think it's okay to say, you know, part of who my neighbor is, is, is this human family, which is huge. And I I think that's why it's so important to also define neighbor in terms of proximity. And this is different for different people. I do think for most of the folks that are hearing this and, and most Americans, um, a proximity neighbor is about who you live near. So Mm -hmm. the vast majority of people do live within shouting distance to a lot of people because we, we tend to congregate together. There are obviously folks that are in very rural areas separated from folks. And then there are people that are so involved in their work environment or a school environment or another social environment. That's not their neighborhood, that that would be maybe a better way of describing their neighbors because Mm -hmm. that's so in some ways I'm saying the neighbor is really who are you around? Um, where has God placed you physically and who are those people nearby that that's a neighbor? I think that's really important. Um, and then I would, like I said on Sunday, I do think we, we have to acknowledge that neighbors aren't the people we choose uh, we, we might choose where to live and that is right. choosing our neighbor to some degree, but, but, um, the neighbors aren't the affinity group that you opt into, uh, neighbors include the people that you wouldn't opt into a group with them, like based on your interests or common th- ideas and ways of thinking. I mean, your neighbors are going to include people who are different than you. So again, I like that proximity um, allows us to have neighbors that are diverse, that are that uh, that maybe are harder for us to love, um, and that that represent different parts of our of our world. So, those are the those are the two. You know, there's that big level, but the one that we're talking about here in terms of neighboring is proximity. The people that are close to you. I think it's awesome. See, this is why I'm like, hey. Ray, explain it. And then Ray does. And I'm like, I learned something. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so a couple of things I'm hearing too that I think are really important is, um, you know, so you made the distinction about, 
you know, loving God and then loving people like we love ourselves, right? And so uh, one of the things I think that is really important, right, is the prerequisite for how we treat a neighbor is already established, mm. right? So even if people are difficult to love or, or to be kind to or to gracious, like, right, like your, your metric there is like, how would you treat yourself? And then you treat other people that way, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, as a person who needs that, I need like the, okay, God, what's the plan? Like yeah. what, 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 is the, what is the model? What is this? And then we, I think as Christians, sometimes we go, well, the model is Jesus. And I go, well, I'm not going to die for the sins of mankind. So like, let's, let's talk through that more. And it's like, well, Jesus says, you know, love the Lord your God with everything you are, everything you have. Um, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I go, oh, that's the standard. Mm-hmm. So like even the difficult neighbor that I don't agree with politically, that's right. I said it or on some other issue or whatever, right? Like the default place you want to start from is that, oh, I should love them as I love myself. Right. And so um, now we can have a different conversation on a different podcast about um, if you're not loving yourself or, or letting God kind of shape how you see yourself, you will struggle with loving your neighbor. And we gotta, we gotta work on that. That's not today. Um, so anyway, so I just want to kind of say that. And then um, two, I think something else that I'm hearing, and I want to ask you this question. So just for it's making, it's how it's making sense in my brain is um, it's almost like our neighbors are where there's the the highest propensity or probability of actual relationship, mm-hmm. right? So if that's where like work is a place where I like connect with people, there's work relationships, right? Mm-hmm. If it's in my general vicinity of where I live, right? And so... Um, it doesn't mean that when we go to HEB or somewhere else where there's like brief connecting points with people where we're not kind or we don't treat people well, like we would treat ourselves. But what you're talking about, I think, or what I'm hearing is, um, this neighboring thing to put in that investment of time and that investment of relationship and, and, and how we want to treat people really well in the name of Jesus, right. Is where there's that propensity where there's actual relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, and I I mean, so I I say that because the truth is some of us have lives right now that are ordered in a way that we are not brushing shoulders or even having interactions with uh, our physical neighbors based on where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, I know someone's listening or there, there are people who I talk to about this and they're like, I'm not at home. When I'm home, I sleep. And then the rest of the day, I'm somewhere else. So I think that's true in that case. I... I will say, and I will, I will always kind of push the the invitation to to say, you know, the little changes we can begin to make to actually be present in the place where we live. I mm. I still want to prioritize that, or at least um, bring that into the conversation as um, try to get to know your your neighbor that lives next to you, or get the the know the eight people that live closest to you. Um, j- just because you're not. I, I guess in some ways there are ways out of doing that that we find, you know, and, and I'll, I mean, I'll dive right into, I'm totally going to throw you under the bus in a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Something that is, um, that is going on right now. But I mean, we've had some stuff happen just, it's been in the news where, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, people knocking on a door could violence, violence is happening Mm -hmm. because people, are afraid. There are lots of factors at work, but as somebody caring about this physical neighboring, I th- I've thought in both of these cases, one of them, someone drove into the wrong place and then 
someone died because mm-hmm. um, someone felt threatened and another one, someone r- rang a doorbell at night and someone felt threatened and that person died. And I mean, this is, this is like really hard to talk about and think about, mm-hmm. but in both of those, I've also thought, man, th- these must be folks that are disconnected from their physical place and don't have people come to their home. There's not a sense of, right. cause I just, it's hard, so Im- almost impossible for me to imagine that, you you do have a neighborhood where you are meeting people and connecting to people and know your neighbors where that kind of um, extreme violence would happen, uh, and so so yeah, I mean this matters. the The part about knowing your physical neighbor matters, and yes, if if that relational work of touch points that you already have, start with that. Of course, mm-hmm. if you're spending most of your social life outside of where you live. I get it. That's where you got to do most of your neighboring, but taking little pieces where you can go, well, when am I home? When I'm mowing the lawn or mm-hmm. when I'm, um, you know, take, taking out the garbage. I mean, like just a little bit beginning to say, how can I be connected to my place right here? Cause I think little bits can actually go a long way to, um, healing us as a people sure. and also helping us realize, uh, God's dream for our connection and our communities. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense based on because yeah, there's a little pushback on what you were saying, but yeah, generally that's true. And I think and I think too one of the things that's important about this, and I'm not going to like make very large uh, discouragement problematic of you know the danger of of neighboring because um, it's not the danger of neighboring. It's I would liken it more to like it's the danger of essentially just living, um, but. But to be fair, mm-hmm. and I would say this too, um, I think as Christians, it's very important that we understand um, that loving people intentionally and trying to accomplish the gospel mission. So I, I'll, I'll take it a step further. I think neighboring, the way that you're defining it and the way that you're you're promoting it and we're discussing it, right? Mm-hmm. I think is a core central part of the gospel and the advancement of mm-hmm. the kingdom. I don't, I don't think. What you're saying is like this is just a, a, a deeper dive explanation of like this is part of what we're called to do as Christians, and here's just like us explaining it more and furthering developing mm-hmm. it out of like how do we how do we further. So I'm I'm grouping those together, um, but I will say like um, you know when we are believers, right? Um, and I'm not talking about being unwise or bad stewards or you know. <laughs> doing things recklessly in a way where it's like, oh, like whatever happens, happens. That's also not, um, it's important to be uh, aware of the climate that we're mm-hmm. in. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to try to like put people in a position where they feel threatened or, right. or whatever. But at the same time, um, my life does not belong to me mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? It belongs to God. And and the advancement of the kingdom and having relationship with God and trying to, and I don't mean that militarily advancement. What I mean is neighboring and loving my neighbor is a core part of who I am as a believer, and it needs to be done. Yeah, and I think I think part of what you're bringing up is so important, and I'm glad. It's a hard topic, but I'm glad we're talking about it, and that is that, that there is inherent risk mm-hmm. in... Um, I mean, neighboring or loving your neighbor or, or, or being in this world, as you just said, and, uh, living human life. But, (laughs) but 
I do want to say, like, if, if the, the invitation to neighboring, and I would say God's invitation to love our neighbor, right. is not generally uh, an invitation to put our life at risk <laughs> no. or to, like, uh, to do something that we, we feel is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are, I think there are circumstances, situations where we, there, those kind of invitations happen in our faith where we go, man, I'm scared to do this, but we do it. But I would say there are definitely dynamics that are at work. I'm thinking, for instance, of uh, I'll just mention like a gender dynamic that if I'm a single woman going out meeting my neighbors, that is a different risk than if I'm a a man that's going to do that. There are different risks involved. And I think that those need to be recognized and honored. And Mm -hmm. and so this is goes to the bigger piece of how we neighbor um, is completely dependent on who we are. And trusting that God, um, that the, the the command, the invitation to love our neighbor as ourselves, has within it this endless diversity of ways, methods that we do that, that are based on our particular identities and personalities and 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 desires even. And right. so I, th- I think I really want people to hear the good news in the invitation that yes, there may be risk, there may be some discomfort, you know, get outside of your comfort zone kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's not that's going to happen, but that's not primarily what this adventure is about. Right. It's good to know. Oh, these are hazards that might come mm-hmm. along in being a Christian. We know these things, right? <laughs> but but um, but generally, this is about this is about being who we are, and mm-hmm. and so I do think it takes. I don't want to minimize how much work that takes. So, like figuring out, like, well. What does this look like for me? Mm-hmm. How? What am I comfortable doing? What am I good at doing? What right. can I offer? And so, they're actually and part of why, like the Good Neighbor Experiment at the church here, um, and part of why I lead these trainings is because I can at least navigate those questions and figuring that stuff out all by myself very well. Right. And so, being with you, being with a group of people, and saying, well how am I doing this? Or I tried this and it did not go well. Or I, you know, I, I, um, I'm feeling invited to do this, but I'm scared. Can someone pray for me or encourage me or give me their stories? And so it is to me so important, like anything else we do in the church or Mm. in community that we come around each other and say, Hey, we're going to do something that's an adventure that might be hard, but also we believe is transformative and can be really good for us and our communities, but we need help and we need to do this together. And so that's why this is a team thing mm-hmm. and neighboring is is not a Lone Ranger thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's finding people in your church, finding friends, finding family members, finding other neighbors where you can be like, okay, we can do this work together. Otherwise it's going to be too hard or we're always right. going to feel like we're at a deficit in doing the work. That's not the point. The point right. is to enter... Basically, we believe God invites us to do things that are ultimately life-giving and ultimately transformative in a healing way for mm-hmm. us and for the world. And that is my big assumption in the adventure of neighboring. I love it. I love it. And so one of the things I love about how you just articulated all of that is, um, you know, there is, uh, there's things to focus on, there's things to not focus on, there's things to work through together. Um and I think for me, like what's so important when you're talking about neighboring, and especially if it's not a concept in the way that you've defined it and we've, or we're discussing it, right? Mm-hmm. And it may not be something that you're like, oh, I've never heard that before. Like, oh, that makes sense. And um, 
I think too, for me, whenever you're doing something that maybe you haven't done before, mm-hmm. or you're adopting new concepts, um, you know, the fancy word I call this is sanctification. Mm-hmm. So as we were being made more into the image of Christ, there are things that I feel like God is going to push us towards or refine in me or out of me, right? That it's like, oh, like there's a better way to do this, or like this is the way that God intended me to do this. And so as you do that, you are we are always going to be faced with you know, adversity and anxiety and and blocks or or bumps mm. in the road that it's like there's gonna be the risk assessment or the anxiety of like, okay, God, like I have to trust you in this. Like, what does this look like for me? And I don't mean it has to be the super big, scary thing we talked no. about. It could be little things of like, um, and I'm gonna rope you into this in this next part here as we're kind of developing the conversation. But I wanted to bring attention to that because if you're listening to this and going, well, I don't have those types of fears, mm. but like I cannot talk to people I don't know because like I have like clinical anxiety and it's like, sure. what do I do with that? And so I want to kind of pivot us into the next part of the conversation on, you touched on that you do this in community. Yeah. You do this connected to other people. Um, and then two, I want to talk about, um, uh, you touched on it a little bit. Um, but y'all like you are uniquely created in the image of your creator. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I am a golden retriever. <laughs> I know no stranger. I love people. Like I just want to be around people and I am comfortable in that. Um, you are not supposed to be me right. and I am not supposed to be you. And so the gifts and and that people bring in loving their neighbors as they love themselves, right, as mm-hmm. Jesus is asking us to do that, has inherent worth and value because that's how you were created to be. And so what I'd love for you to kind of touch on, because you had these incredible stories, Ray, on Sunday, and you don't have to share those ones specifically, um, but you you really, man, you did such a great job of kind of tying those things into like the stumbling box that people will kind of come in contact with, mm-hmm. the bumps that you've kind of experienced for yourself and your personality, mm-hmm. but you also highlighted the importance of the uniqueness of the person and what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to kind of like just go into that a little bit. Yeah, more. I mean, it, it, neighboring truly does look different for every single person. So I'll start with a couple examples. I'm I'm married, and my wife and I are not uh, carbon <laughs> copies of each other. Uh, and so she's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm kind of like that golden retriever in the sense that I enjoy, um, meeting new people and actually like stranger interactions and things like that. So I, I realize I'm kind of odd in that way. And so, um, my wife isn't that way. And so for her, you know, she is much more about nurturing those relationships where trust is beginning to be formed and, moving at a slower pace, definitely less volume in terms of the stranger interactions. Like if we have an event or a party at our house, like she's told me, she's like, Ray, you can't be back there cooking. You need to be up front <laughs> doing the <laughs> yeah. you know, greeting because that is not me. Right. And so even that is in a little microcosm of how it's important to have community in this endeavor because we need to complement each other. But then she will be the one who, you know, is just more, more aware of, people's particular needs and more aware of people who might be getting left out. I mean, she came up to me, we were having a party and she was like, have you talked to those people over there? 
they've been here for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I thought they were with so-and-so. And <laughs> Let me put just, down my squeaky toy. She has, so a different, right, <laughs> yeah. she has a different, right. <laughs> she has a different way of seeing the world. And mm-hmm. so she, yeah, she doesn't know as many people, but she goes deeper with a few people. Um, she doesn't move at that breakneck pace that it seems like I move to her. She moves at a pace that is comfortable for her. Now, but the, she's committed. She's committed to, okay. And she'll tell you, like, this has pushed me to, mm-hmm. to you know, make space in her life where she can actually meet people or go deeper with people. Mm-hmm. And so that's one example. But then I think about all these folks that, that I'm in community with that are just all different. I've got a friend who is really good at, like, digital, like, social media connection more than... So she will... There's no way she's knocking on doors. There's no way... She's going and meeting the people face to face at first, but man, mm-hmm. she just has this very deft way of like going on Facebook on a neighborhood Facebook page and creating community and making connections and helping people do that. Um, I have another, another friend who is just really good through the kid situation. She always, it's through play dates and it's one-on-one with one other family. Um, it's mm-hmm. not about getting big groups together. It's about, um, connecting through her children, um, with other children. Uh, I have another person who she's way more involved in her gym than she is in her neighborhood, but slowly she's only when there's been a crisis, when there's a winter storm or there's a weather advisory of a different kind, or, um, there, there's something going on that makes people come outside. I think Mm -hmm. recently, uh, you know, whether it's Halloween or something else. And so it's only in these like odd moments when neighbors are are forced to connect where something starts to happen. She makes these connections. So it's right. at different rates in different ways. And um, I mean, I, I could go on and on about how everybody experiences this differently. And this isn't about, I like that you made that connection of like loving your neighbor as yourself in the sense that I can only do this the way that I can do it. <laughs> and I can only, and I've got to right. honor who God made me as I do this. One, one other piece that, um, I'm, I'm going to tag on. I don't know if it's what you were exa- exactly asking, but part of why we need community um, is, is I think when we neighbor, powerful things are happening um, in us, between us, around us. And if, if we don't pause to process that with other people mm-hmm. and ask the question, what happened? Why did I feel that way? Or what was that? I, I saw something little the shimmer of hope in this interaction or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if we don't tell those stories and if we don't kind of reflect and process, and I would even say theologically reflect in the sense of like, where was God? What was God there? And I don't think if we, if we don't do that, we'll miss it. I mean, we're just, Mm -hmm. that's, that's how we are as people. We just think just, they, they go by us. And so I would say one of the biggest pieces of the good neighbor experiment and my ministry in general is not just doing the neighboring, but then reflecting mm-hmm. on like, so how was that? What did you feel? What do you right. think happened? And then listening to the stories and then kind of speaking into the stories and asking more questions. And then we begin to unfold this treasure. So it's kind of like you go on a treasure hunt, find a rock, and you're like, okay, cool. And if you just put it over to the side and don't examine it and look and then, hey, come here, what do you think that is? You, you're not right. going to discover you have a hidden gem there. Like um, you've got to do that community reflection together. No, I love it. Big, big, important stuff. I love it. I think that's fantastic, and and I love the distinctions you make and the value you you articulated there of the individual people and and giving what they could. Um, 
you know, and for me, like, there's so many stories in Scripture where uh, one of the main thrusts of these theological arguments is always, um, or the the case that the Scripture, one of the parts of the, or, or main points, I think, that the Scriptures are trying to make is that, like, you bring what you can. Mm-hmm. You're, it's the willingness, it's it's giving what you have and what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, next part of this conversation, I think that's, that's important as I'm kind of going, okay, what have we mm-hmm. touched on? What have we not, what have we developed? Um, is, uh, so when we talk about the why, so you, you, you brought up some really powerful whys on Sunday. And before you, you answer that and kind of, I think, flesh that out, something that I want to, I want to share, um, is, you know, I talk about the Trinity a lot and, and God doesn't exist apart outside of community. That's right. Right. It's who God is. And so if we're, and I'm making a theological case here, but if I say that like I'm created in the image of my creator, mm-hmm. right. And the creator creates me from a perspective and the imprint of God that's on me is one of community. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at, so I'm not trying to be weird here but I will indulge me <laughs> when I look at mechanisms of what I consider sin or mm-hmm. evil at work mm-hmm. in culture and society. Um, I see a lot of isolation yep. and divisiveness. Um, a lot of proposed anxiety around people that I don't even know, or I don't know them like, like, right. And so I always look at this too and I go, what is what are the things that are at work and what are the threads and the themes or the consistencies that they're trying to take from me mm-hmm. or to get me to like think are dangerous or bad? And for me, I'm 36 years old, right? I'm born in the 80s, grew up and then I'm a 90s kid and then 2000s, now I'm married with young kids. And a theme that I've seen consistent in my life that is mm-hmm. just blaring from the rooftops right now is... Your neighbors are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Everybody's out to get you. Yep. If people don't think like you, look like you, act like you, believe like you, you should stay far away from them and you should just put yourself in a place where everybody agrees with you. The space that you create for yourself should be people who like are like, like-minded like you. And one of the things I love about what you're talking about and what the good neighboring experiment in your ministry kind of, I think, make people question is... Oh, it's the opposite of that. It's mm-hmm. that our neighbors are where the treasure is, and like that's mm-hmm. good and that's gospel, and we need to figure out how to do that. And so, mm-hmm. um, I would really love for you to kind of touch on some of the more serious kind of like whys you brought mm-hmm. up on Sunday, um, and then two, um, kind of bring us into this uh, uh, space of um, I don't know how to say it other than. Um, you, you made this great case on Sunday about how like the reason we do this is not to get people into church mm-hmm. and they don't even have to be religious people or spiritual people. We just do this because that's what neighboring is. And I would love for you to kind of unpack those two things. Yeah. That was good, man. You got me, you got me excited. So apologies. We're about to nerd out on some of this. I mean, the, yeah, the Trinitarian center that we have, I mean, if we believe God is the center of everything and if we believe that God is Trinity and believe that like in God's essence, there is community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in oneness, then it's fair to say that in the image of God, like you said, I am because we are. Mm. Like there is no I without we. 
Right. And there's no I without God, and there's no Jesus Christ without God the Father. And so, like, read the Gospel of John, like, from just chapter one, and everywhere Jesus is saying, everything I'm doing, I've done it because the Father has sent me. Right. I mean, and everything I'm doing goes back. And the, and if everything that's coming out is the Holy Spirit. There's, like, right. this impossible um, way of separating. And and I will agree that one of the greatest evils that is happening, and this is this is old school, it's been going on a long time, but... But mm-hmm. evil wants to separate and divide, and so we have to be very careful with ideals in our culture like individualism. And I'm, I was very careful how I said that, because there are really strong things that have come of focus on the individual, like human rights. Like, no matter who you are right. as an individual, you have rights. Like, that's that's God's stuff. That's good. But then there's a, there is something that comes out of that that goes, I am fundamentally me, and then everything else is a threat to me. And that that's evil. That's like not God. That right. is not essentially the universe as we believe that it is as Christians. And so so the why gets is really if I can like it's bigger than the church. If we mm-hmm. understand that the church is a is God's people sent into the world, um, that God chooses a people to help realize God's dream. And that the ultimate reality is, is uh, that we think of as heaven isn't a church service that everybody gets into. It's that the church's work is done and that we are now all of creation brought back in with God. And so, so we understand ourselves as a church who has been sent on this bigger mission. Mm-hmm. So another piece of that is like the, 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 the mission of God has a church, not that the church of God has a mission. And so we are mm. part, If we, we as the church have to see ourselves as part of the bigger thing. And so we're realizing in neighboring something just essential to our humanity and are essential to what we know the gospel to be. And that is, I am because we are. I, I am a social being. I was created by God and God's image to be in relationship with others for better and worse. Like, I know that what I'm saying is troubling (laughs) because it means then we're going to get hurt and it means we've got to heal and there's forgiveness. And for some people who've gone through a lot of hard things with human beings, (laughs) this is really hard, but but there is still this invitation to good news. And neighboring in itself is just a proclamation for us as Christians of that good news, that like when I make a choice to not see the worst in my neighbor— and see my neighbor fundamentally as a threat to my individual liberties or rights or privileges, mm-hmm. but instead begin to see um, this is someone made in the image of God, and I really can't be whole without my neighbor's wholeness. I mean, this and this is teachings in the church. This is teachings in our American right. like um, fabric. I think the best of who we are. I think of like the civil rights movement that says, you know, nobody can thrive without everybody thriving. And right. so if there are people that are that are suffering, that's going to affect me. We're we're mm-hmm. interconnected. Um this is this is part of our our understanding of the world. And so so yeah, I think you know, this is a an important moment. I don't want to dramatize it. I don't want to try to bring any more fear than there already is, but I would say that the the struggle that is going on in our world isn't often what we what the news or the media or talking heads would say that it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is about, I think one of the big ones is about this. Is there a we? Like is the do we have a commitment to each other? And do we as Christians commit to see the image of God in others? 
I'm not saying sin doesn't exist, evil doesn't exist, violence doesn't exist. All of those things exist. Mm-hmm. But that wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Right now, we've just got a bunch of people that are as wise as serpents, and there's no innocence. We're just like, I'm going to watch my back at all mm-hmm. costs. Um, so it is radical, I think, right now, in a, in a countercultural way, to say, I choose to love my neighbor as myself. Because there's a lot saying you shouldn't trust your neighbor. You need to be afraid of your neighbor. You never know what your neighbor's going to do. And the best neighbor is a neighbor you don't see or hear from. Those things, and I said them in the most sinister way I could, because I think, <laughs> because I think those li- Ray those, are, everybody. those are lies. Like those, those yeah. are lies. But they are being fed just, I mean, a regular diet of that. The, I love that man. I'm super amped. Uh, you know, and then you and I are going to go to lunch in a little bit, and we're going to scream at lunch. And we're like, ah, like you know. Uh, but you don't have to be here. For you don't that. have to be there for that. But, but I, I would say, <laughs> I would y'all. say to, um, and I don't know why it's just been nagging at me as we're talking. I want to make this distinction. I think we've we've done it uh, well so far, but I want to make the distinction of like what I'm not saying, and what I don't think Ray is saying either, is that you as a person or me as a person or Ray as a person or people um, that you're inadequate or bad or lacking or you're the problem if you haven't done all these things. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I enjoy talking to Ray is like Ray had, you know, I'm going to out you a little bit here. So when I met Ray, Ray was already kind of in this process. You had, you had, gotten the conviction, you had acted upon the conviction, there was actual sacrifice in your life, in your family's life, mm-hmm. to honor said conviction. And then we met when we were both kind of like, oh man, is anything going to work? And then there's been this upswing, which has been wonderful. But even just as your friend and as as a as a brother in the faith and as your now neighbor, uh, <laughs> literally, um, who's, who's just been able to watch, like, um, this conviction is very real for you in a deeply personal way. And there was information given to you and like a clarity. We were like, Oh, we got to go. And I think if you're watching this too, one of the things I think I see God do sometimes, at least in my own life is there's things I'm not aware of that are really important. Like neighboring, like the way that you've talked about it since we've met, I've like begun to focus and going, Oh my gosh, that's really important. And as that convictions kind of take hold in me and I've become more aware, like it, it's not spiritual blinders, but like God refines it and then you see it because you're looking for it, but God's showing it to you too. I've begun to care about it a lot more and it's become a much more important part of my life. I'm like, oh, oh, and then it's like, oh, wow. And so if you're watching this, you're listening to this um, and you don't share the same enthusiasm or like, or like we got to go, um, don't feel bad. And don't belittle yourself and don't do the thing where like, well, why don't I care about this and that? What I'm also saying is like, you know, the moment you're talking about is colored by our denominational stuff, the cultural stuff that you see, that you research, that you're aware of too. And so that's, that's part of it. But I would say this, don't be surprised as you pray through these things and go, God, who is my neighbor? What resource have you given me? What have you called me to do as an individual in the greater community sense to love my neighbor? And when God like makes that clear to you and that conviction like lights a fire in your bones, 
you know, connect with Ray, connect with us here at St. Matthew's and let, let's do this neighboring thing together. But remember that we're, you're in a process mm-hmm. as God is at work on you, or like maybe you're in a season where like, you know, the thing that you're not, the things you're not good at are like your own love and self-care. And I don't mean laziness and selfishness. What I mean is like, maybe you've been through some things where you're like, mm-hmm. you don't have anything to give to your neighbor yeah, because you're going through some stuff, right? Ray, we're not saying like you know get, get out there. What we're getting at though is, um, the passion you have for for relationship with your Creator, with God in the Trinity, right? And then your and then the relationship that you desire because it's part of your created being for your neighbors and the ways that we're talking about them, um, that clarity comes. Uh, as we're working through our faith, right? Because as believers, right? Like, I mean, 300 years ago in this country, <laughs> we we thought there was only one people group that mattered. Mm-hmm. And the civil rights movement changed that. And it was like, oh, like, like, you know, culturally and societally, we made like laws that reflected. And so there's change. And so what I think you're getting at too is this may not be something that's totally on your radar right now, or you don't know how, or there's other things you got to unpack. But as God continues to work that in you, um, be looking for that. And and that passion's going to be there in the ways that you can influence it and affect it. And I don't know if I'm communicating this well, but it is important to understand that like you are also on in a process yeah. where you're learning and you're growing. And you might be a person who's listening to this and going, I don't know what I uniquely bring to this. Right. And I go, that's totally cool. Um, frankly, like I joke about being a golden retriever because even sometimes like I care about this and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Sure. So I ask my wife and then she tells me and it makes sense. Um, but what I would encourage you in, uh, me included, is um, pray about this and consider it and think through it because it does matter. And, and when we talk about not, um, I don't mean self-centered life. When I talk about fulfilled life, like fulfilling purpose, I've realized that like considering other people and how I could love them well leads to fulfillment that I did not have access to before when I was very self-focused. Mm-hmm. Or I was focused on the things we're talking about. It was like, I got to get mine and I got to make sure I'm okay and we're okay and da, 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 and everything else can go wherever it needs to go. And that wasn't good enough. It wasn't until I was like, oh, like the condition of my neighbor actually bothers me. And there are resources and gifts that God has given me that I can then make an impact there and like love people well, that in turn is like, oh, this is created purpose. This is intention. This is, it makes sense. And so wherever you're at in that part of that process, as you're working in that, know that I I'm encouraging here to say, um, you know, where you're at right now may not be where you end up, right? Because we're we're growing and we're changing, but understand too that like um, you're going to care about this and process this in the way that you're going to hear this and and work through it, and that has value too. Um, conversely, though, like you're saying here's the reality of what we're working through. Today. Yeah. And I get, I get really excited talking about these. How do we hope that the world can move closer to God's dream? And that's a big, like 30,000 <laughs> foot, you know, and, but what you're doing is so good about, you know, where are we 
as a person individually. And my last word on this, um, I assume we're wrapping up soon because yeah. I don't want to get keep yeah, going yeah, too yeah. far, is that um, God's love is so abundant and God so desires for our wholeness and our healing, our, our growth, our um, salvation is the word that the scriptures use. And I have found again and again that God wants to love me and minister to me and heal me in this work as well. And mm-hmm. I don't think this has been a, like, me giving a, as much as me receiving mm. situation um, in terms of knowing, loving my neighbors. It's What it has done is opened me, made me available to God's grace through my neighbors in ways I wasn't before. And so, sure, I've had, there's been, there's challenges, there's, things we give, but I mean, right now my situation in my neighborhood is I have a lot of people who love me and my family, my kids, um, really well. And mm-hmm. God is active, like just mainlining this love to me through my neighbors. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, to leave, this is about abundance and it's about mm-hmm. realizing there's God has provided more access to grace and goodness than maybe we thought. And it's not through always these tight, narrow, only the, only go to church or only do this. It's both and. It's it's all of it, all mm-hmm. the above. And neighbors are part of that. And that if you leave with anything, it's just to go like, yeah, maybe, maybe I have something my neighbors need, but also maybe my neighbors have something I need. Maybe my neighbors have something the church needs. And if, if we can leave with that kernel and just have that as an idea and then say, how can I take a baby step into realizing that through a relationship and interaction, a conversation. That's awesome. And that's a journey. That's the journey I want to be on. That's the journey I'm inviting uh, St. Matthew's to in this good neighbor experiment. I love it. I love it. My closing thought would be this is we talked a lot about, or I talked a lot about at least, um, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think that God is calling people and individuals to give what they can. And it, Conversely, and vice versa, God mm-hmm. is calling other people to give you what they can. Right, and for me, like that's a place that I get a lot of hope and encouragement. Is because uh, as you leave here too, take the kernel that Ray said. <laughs> can you get two? But kernels? also start to you know <laughs> you said theologically, but when you're doing any type of personal reflection on where was I, where did I bless or do something good for someone else, and where have other people done good for mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. That, for me, when I compare that to all the other junk that I mentioned before, this seems so significant and powerful and good and more like the day-to-day reality that I experience than this. Um, and it and it not only like makes me feel really good and fulfilled now, but it motivates me for the next thing of like, okay, God, what are exactly. we what are we up to? And exactly. so I hope that that's an encouragement. Um, Ray, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, this was awesome. Thanks to this audience for sticking with us <laughs> and uh, for being a part of this community digitally and in person. Um, what a blessing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet, man. I'm Pastor Kelly. I'm Ray Altman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on the next one. Right. Well, I'll see you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.